The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. And Charlotte and I are broadcasting from the EpiPet Studios. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. You know, Doc, I have no idea how I missed this news story. But cat lovers, you got to listen up because you were going to find this perfectly interesting. While Fancy Feast recently expanded into human cuisine, they opened a pop-up Italian restaurant in New York City with upscale dishes inspired by, get this, their can diners of fish, chicken, and beef. In other words, the human food was inspired by the cat food. Well, the Purina Cat Food Brands Eatery launched earlier this month in downtown Manhattan, where it served feline-inspired Italian dishes to humans that mirror the sensory experience of cats at mealtime. It kind of sounds like a load of crap, but (laughs) I think it's kind of funny. Well, the pop-up restaurant branded Gatto Bianco, that's Italian for white cat, served dishes like Simone Pomodorini, that's salmon with cherry tomatoes, Brassato di Manzo, that's beef short ribs in red wine, and lemon panna cotta for dessert. Well, according to the Perina press release, the chefs provided guests an inside look at the detail and expertise that goes into crafting each fancy feast recipe through a variety of delectable dishes and culinary exercises. The menu was developed by Fancy Feast in-house chef Amanda Hasner, along with Michelin star winning chef and acclaimed New York restaurateur Cesare Casella. The pop-up took diner reservations for just two evenings. So that was on August 11th and August 12th. Reservations opened on August 4th at noon via open table. That's a restaurant booking site. So only 16 lucky cat lovers enjoyed the complimentary tasting menu that transported them to Italy for the evening, as well as Chef Casella shared his Italian heritage and passion for cooking with a menu that was authentic of Tuscan dishes. That experience had to be the cat's meow, don't you think, Doc? So Fancy Feast shared the recipes on their site to inspire cat lovers to try the dishes. So what is cool is you just have to remember the recipes are for humans and not cats. Don't the great the dishes look great? Those dishes look really interesting and great. I mean, they're making me look hungry, especially that salmon. I will put the link on our social media pages. So if you're feeling cat inspired, cook up the dishes for yourself. And I got to remind you, not for your cat. You can find the recipes at Perina.com. Now that is some interesting news, don't you think so? Very, very different. Well, Doc, give us the rundown of today's show. This week on the show, we're talking about paralyzed pup who showed an infant how to crawl. Two women cleaning up their town, one pile of poop at a time. And UC Davis, Dr. Ronald Cole is chatting with us about 
the benefits of acupuncture for pets. And the summer months often mean family members spend more time at home and our pets get to enjoy more of the day socializing with humans, the humans that they love. But once school starts up again, like it is now, calendars fill up with after-school activities and, of course, other commitments, including sports, right, Dr. Mm -hmm. Fleck? Well, and the house that was once filled with human companions now really is quite empty. So your beloved pooch can become depressed suffering from his own version of back to school blues and joining us to talk about fido's back to school blues is our dream team member and dog trainer Alyssa weimer from paul and order welcome back Alyssa. thanks dr flector and charlotte reed thanks for having me you know we told our listeners that you were coming to discuss how to alleviate fido's depression as his or her family members went back to school. As a result, we have some listeners' questions for you. Well, our first question was a tweet from Guy from Ohio. He writes that his kids have only been back to school for a short period of time, and he noticed that his dog Ranger seems to be very depressed. He wants to know what he and his wife can do to keep Ranger happy. Yeah, well, going back to school can be very stressful if you think about it. Dogs do really well with routine and structure. And when they're used to everyone being home all day, it causes a lot of stress and anxiety when all of a sudden the kids are gone, mom and dad are doing something else, and the routine changes. And some dogs will start to show signs of depression or separation anxiety and can act out. For those that have a couple of weeks before school starts, the the best case scenario is to get them started on a new routine slowly and adjust that with your dog to make the transition a little smoother. But for those that already have the kids that went back to school and your dog's already starting to show signs of either separation anxiety or depression, just getting them out and about a lot more is going to help them a lot. Take your dog for a walk in the morning before everyone even goes to school, before you go to work, or have a session of play before your dog uh, is, is alone for the rest of the day to get them tired out. Your dog's most likely going to sleep all day without the kids there to play. So make sure that when you also get home, make a habit out of mentally and physically working with your dog as well. And even though I know everyone's going to be exhausted after school, don't let your dog suffer just because of that. Your dog doesn't know why all of a sudden everybody's gone. Another option is to hire a dog walker during the day. So your dog's able to actually get out in the middle of the day, get some exercise, attention, and go to the bathroom. This will cause a lot less stress on your dog during this time. Yeah, I would get those kids, those imaginary kids that I don't have to be walking (laughs) the dog after school, right? I mean, absolutely. You know, they spent all summer with them roughhousing, playing, taking them for walks, and actually even more so because of COVID these last few years. So, you know, your dog is practically neurotic now because COVID's almost over or it's dwindling down. Uh, I think the dog walker suggestion is great. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of those puzzle toys. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to be careful sometimes with the puzzle toys. My dogs are very smart or very dumb, some of them, and they think they can just eat through the puzzle toy to get to it instead of actually doing the puzzle. That You know, I, I think that's really honest. A dog trainer admitting some dogs are really smart. Some dogs are, you know, that's why you're a dream team member. You didn't know where you, you've just uh, became an honorary dream team member and we didn't even <laughs> tell you. We wanted to tell you on the show. So, Doc, nice. you, had, you had a question. Yeah, from Diane from Washington sent us this question. Um, 
We live in a tech world, she says. What do you think about our getting a treat camera? The kids as well as myself could call in to check on Bentley during the day and give him a treat or even a robot dog toy. What's your thoughts? I love having a camera in my house for when I'm gone. I personally do not have a treat dispensing one because I have eight dogs. Uh, I don't know who would get the treat first or like I said, my dogs would probably figure out how to just get the camera open to eat the toys inside while I'm gone and I'm not looking. Uh, it is nice to be able to feel that closeness with your dog though and watch them. Uh, they, when they get conditioned to hearing your voice, they come to the camera or the tone or whatever's going to work on that type of camera. And then they anticipate you giving them a treat. That's classical conditioning at its finest. Um, you'll also get an idea of how your dog is handling you being gone during the day, or if he's getting into anything or injuring himself, barking at people walking by or anything like that. Um, but another option instead of the treat dispensing camera could be different toys or games like Charlotte mentioned, the uh, different puzzle games. Frozen Kongs work really well, but as long as you don't have a really, really heavy chewer that's going to ingest the objects and then you come home and now you have a huge vet bill because you have to get surgery. You know, I, and these answers are simple. It's really you have to participate in your dog's life. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people struggle with when we start hitting this time of the year because this time of the year seems endless it's really you know a, a third of the year september october november so we have you know labor day halloween thanksgiving and christmas mm -hmm. up until the end of the year and it's so easy to lose track of your responsibilities to your dog. I mean, you have to think of it like a bill in the sense where it's gotta be paid. So you really have to think on a daily basis what you have to do. I mean, even if that means like, and I saw this yesterday, you know, they're running commercials about parents leaving kids in cars, right? Have you, have you heard those on the radio? Yeah. Yeah, they're, and I know uh, GM Cars has an alert it's once you get in the car, it's a weighted alert. It's all done by technology and weight. So if you get up and there's still the car seat, they'll send you a message. Did you forget something in the back seat? So it's the same thing. Even if that means you get your phone out and you put a time that you know you're going to have 20 minutes free, that you can really devote to your dog. I, I think that's really important. I know with me, with Mauro, because Mauro's blind, he's older. I mean, I pick him up to take him out to go to the bathroom, but I have to find 20 minutes where we sit on the couch and I just devote time to him, right? Yeah, and we get busy, you know, in our own lives, but sometimes we forget that our dogs are also, like, they need attention. They need us. She's got eight dogs and a donkey. I don't know how she, I don't know how she does it. You know, it kind of brings <laughs> up the thought about an earlier conversation that we had today where you were talking about, uh, uh, people not taking their pets for walks mm -hmm. and they we have our backyards because uh, where we live we don't live in the city mm -hmm. uh, as such and most of the time we we come home we open up the door let them go out to go potty come back in we don't necessarily spend the time with them such a great idea that put it in the schedule you're going to take them for a walk yeah, you just, you know, it's, I think it's important. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, here we live in Florida where it's going to rain, so we got to be prepared for mm -hmm. it. So you kind of think, you you know, you schedule your time around that. So especially if, for me, a lot of times when I'm walking my dogs in the afternoon, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rain, so I have to push it earlier where it's hotter and I have to think of stuff like that. But I think it's important. 
If you've just joined us, we're speaking with dog trainer extraordinaire, Alyssa Wammer, about how the kids going back to school can affect the whole family, especially the family dog. So here's another question from Matthew from New Orleans, Nolans, I should say. He posted his question on Facebook and he wrote, what about dog training classes? The holidays are coming up and my wire fox terrier, Maxine, could use a brush up on her good behavior. And what should I look for when choosing a class that's a great question this is a very good question the holidays are when i see most dog owners panicking because they're so busy they're taking less and less time for their dogs and their dogs are acting out more or they're home more during the holidays everyone's back home from school or anything like that and we notice the dog's bad behaviors more than we normally would because we're at work um Dog training classes are a great way to continue to build that bond with your dog and also to help keep the entire family involved in your progress. Sometimes it's hard to just do it on your own when you bring the entire family in, makes a world of difference. When you're looking for a class, you wanna find one that's more intimate, less, you don't want this massive dog training class where you're not getting your one-on-one attention at all. And not all dogs are great for class. If your dog is reactive to other dogs, or people or any type of aggression, you might want to look at one-on-one work where you can work in your dog's environment, in your environment, where that muscle memory also helps too. So you can work on your people coming into your actual house instead of working in a classroom environment. Some dogs are really great in class and terrible at home. I think that's a really good point. I mean, I've never really heard anybody say that before. I mean, just the fact that some dogs aren't great. You know what I mean? Have you ever heard anybody say that? I mean, I've had to I've had to kick people out of classes because their dogs just couldn't handle even being in the room with any other dogs. And that what that, what happens is that's negatively affecting everybody else in class or that trainer is now trying to fix all these problems that are more than a class environment can probably fix. And it's not fair to everybody else in class either. I like that. We need to take a commercial break. Can you stick around for another segment? Yep. This is why she's a dream team member. <laughs> she always brings it. And we love that. I'll tell you like it is. Well, you want to stick around with me because a little later in the show, I'm talking about Prince Charles, a self-proclaimed environmentalist, is letting the UK get poopy. And later in the show, we'll be chatting with Dr. Ronald Coe from UC Davis about the benefits of acupuncture for pets. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. 
If you've just joined us, we're speaking with dog trainer extraordinaire, Alyssa Wilmer, about how the kids going back to school can affect the whole family, especially the family dog. Welcome back, Alisa. I think we have one more message, right? That's Shay from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. She left a message in our the Pet Buzz hotline. She thinks her Morky, Mindy, is barking more than usual now that her kids are going back to school. She's considering another dog to keep her Morky occupied. What do you think? I'm torn on this question. With me having eight dogs, I really want to say, yeah, go get more dogs. Everyone should have more dogs. But more dogs means more responsibility. And dog math is really, really interesting. Having one dog, it's hard. Having two dogs is really, really hard. Then having three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, those are easy as long as they're trained. But those going from one to two is a lot. And you, you also don't want to have two dogs that are now showing signs of separation, anxiety, or stress, and then feeding off of each other, because now you have two stressed dogs. My dogs do keep each other company when I'm out of the house, although there's a huge risk with leaving dogs together unsupervised. Anything can happen. I had a client that her two dogs were fine for two years left unsupervised until one day they came home and the dogs had gotten into a huge fight. Blood everywhere. Both dogs almost died. Uh, they'd never expected that since the, both dogs never shown aggression to each other. So it was a huge surprise. So there's always a risk leaving two dogs out. I do suggest helping your one dog learn how to exist alone before adding in another dog. And most likely Mindy the Morky is acting out from separation anxiety through barking because she doesn't know what else to do. Make sure that you do as much as you can um, with what we were recommended so far with the other questions from other people to help bring that stress level down. And also make sure this is a, this is key. When you go to leave the house, that you're nice and calm. Don't make a big deal. And also when you come home, same thing. Don't be, I know we're excited to see your dogs when we come home from work or from school, but you don't want to make a huge deal out of it because it will have some negative side effects and it might exasperate separation anxiety in your dog. And let's be honest, a Morky is a Maltese Yorkie. And who inherently barks? Yorkshire <laughs> Terriers. They, they're barkers. They've got bad teeth and they bark. <laughs> I mean, that's true, though. I mean, I think at the same point, we also, I mean, dog training is a part of it. But we, I, I think we also have to look at the inherent traits of dogs. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at you and you have. I can see only three herding breeds. There's probably, I mean, are they, what do you all have? Are they all herding breeds, your dogs? Uh, I have a Pomeranian. Uh, I don't know where he went. He's just exploring around the farm right now, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he, had, he had to get some alone time. <laughs> he did. Little man syndrome. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. He's Napoleon. Okay. That's really funny. Thank our guests for being here today. Alyssa, thank you so much for being with us. Would you give us your website? Yeah, my website is www.pawandorder.com. It's always fun to have her with us. It is always fun to have her with her. She's a ball <laughs> of energy. She I is mean, full of I energy. I just feel like she's my sister from another mother. Okay. I don't know. I just love her to death. And actually, you know, she's franchising her practice. So around the country, it's oh. big, exciting news. Um, and I wanted to promote that because, like I said, sister from another mother. And so I think it's a really good idea to get that straight talk is visit pawnorder.com. Time now for celebrity pet news. 
Taylor Daniel Lautner, the American actor and model who is best known for playing shapeshifter Jacob Black in the Twilight Saga films, he's getting married to another Taylor. Taylor and his fiance Taylor don't plan to incorporate their two pops, Remy and Lily, into their upcoming wedding day, but they quite haven't figured out how they'll feature the canine companions in their nuptials. The couple is still discussing all things wedding, as you can imagine, but Taylor sure that they'll definitely find some special way that their pets can be involved because he regards his pooches as family members. Well, Taylor, there's so many ways to incorporate the dogs. One is a flower girl, maybe a ring bearer. You can even have one of your dogs serve as an extra videographer wearing a GoPro. Well, we're wishing the two Taylors and their dogs the best. Now it's time for the Pet Buzz Mailbag. You got mail. Well, Chris from Texas writes, how often should I give my dog and my cat a bath? Well, Chris, thank you so much for asking. This is a great question, and a lot of people ask this question every day to their veterinarian and even to here on the Pet Buzz. Well, although dogs and cats do groom themselves, their idea of cleanliness is not necessarily the same as ours. So give your cat a bath about once per month, but this also depends on your cat's lifestyle. So I know some of you are cringing right now thinking about the idea of putting a cat in a bathtub or a sink and trying to give it a wash. But once your kitty gets used to it, he, they're usually fine. So for example, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about lifestyle choices. For example, if a cat spends time outside and then comes home covered in mud uh, a week after his last bath, you, you probably, you may need to break the rule and help clean him up again. Also, you may have to give your cat a bath if he acquires fleas because that flea cycle will get in his cat bed and it'll be in your home. And you don't wanna spend all that extra money for maybe health problems that he can encounter or actually having an exterminator come into your house. And of course, there's always the possibility of reinfestation. But in this case, you would need to get a flea-ridden shampoo for the process when bathing your cat, don't forget to be gentle. You know, I always suggest you line the sink or the tub with a towel, that way he can dig his claws into that towel. And you wanna only use warm water followed by a soft, warm towel dry. So make sure you got that towel warmed. The other thing is you don't wanna be going back and forth uh, with the cat answering the phone. You want to stick to the task at hand, which is bathing your cat. Like I said, it's not going to be easy the first few times, but cats do get accustomed to it. Just wear thick, long sleeves the first time you bathe your cat. Now let's talk about dogs. So just like cats, the recommended frequency for washing your dog is about once a month. And it's important to remember that washing your pup more frequently could cause his skin to get too dry. And really he'll be itching and scratching and then it could be worse. But if the need arises for you to give your him a second bath within the month, try to use only um, a nice gentle um, shampoo that provides moisture for, for his skin. Well, I'm exhausted thinking about giving all of my dogs a bath, even though they are small. Well, that's it for the Pet Buzz Mailbag. 
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Hey, I'm petrendologist Charlotte Reed, and I know you love your dog and you want to treat him well, but with so many treats in the pet marketplace, how do you choose? I look for treats with natural ingredients, not artificial ones or preservatives, and that's why I feed my dogs Hunter's Healthy Treats. You can choose pumpkin, sweet potato, or peanut butter heart-shaped treats. Not only are they good for your dogs, but your dogs will love the taste too. For healthier treats and happier dogs, choose Hunter's Healthy Treats. Hunter's Healthy Treats is a proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Visit Hunter'sHealthyTreats.com. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up. Like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the pet buzz welcome back you're listening to the pet buzz the best in pet talk radio where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people i'm petrondologist charlotte reed and i'm veterinarian dr michael fleck so let's kick off this segment with the i likey of the week that's the way it has to be because that's the way i like it it's genius i like it die for. I like it. You know, one of the things that we have definitely learned from the COVID-19 pandemic is to try to stay as healthy as possible. And many of us do that by eating right, uh, exercising, as well as taking vitamins. Well, Tevra Brands, Vitality Well Chews, keep pets well from nose to tail. These heart-shaped chew supplements formulated by food scientists that are experts in nutrition and formulization are made with human-grade ingredients combined with functional ingredients that you that make notable changes in how your pet looks, acts, moves, and most importantly, how they feel. Ingredients and production of Vitality supplements are sourced in the Midwest where the company uses local ingredients, natural flavors, and of course, no artificial ingredients. That's key. The supplements don't contain wheat, corn, soy, artificial colors, or preservatives. These chews deliver healthy results month after month. So for more information, check out Vitality, that's V-E. T-A-L-I-T-Y dot com. 
Acupuncture can be used in all species of animals and has documented efficacy on a wide range of species, including elephants, cattle, horses, dogs, cats, monkeys, and rabbits. However, it tends to be more frequently used in companion animal species, such as horses, dogs, and cats. Joining us today to talk about the benefit of acupuncture for pets is Dr. Ronald Cole, the service chief Integrative Medicine Service Department of Medicine and Epidemiology at the University of California, Davis. He is certified in acupuncture, rehabilitation, herbal therapy, food therapy, and medical manipulation. Dr. Cole is an experienced and internationally recognized speaker and mentor on integrative medicine, rehabilitation, and traditional Chinese veterinary medicine. Seems as if our next guest is on the phone. Hello, Dr. Ko. I'm Charlotte, and this is Dr. Fleck. Hi, Dr. Ko. Glad that you could join us today. Sure. Yeah, I'm glad that John is. Welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here and talk about uh, acupuncture with you guys. So tell us what is acupuncture for pets and how it compares to human acupuncture. So acupuncture in pets, it's very similar to humans. Um, of course, acupuncture started in humans thousand years ago. And now that we see it as a need to treat patients for chronic diseases, that's why that we use acupuncture uh, in pets. So we, we basically use the fine needles kind of insert into a certain point that we call acupuncture points. And by stimulating acupuncture points, then we get a lot of benefit, pain relief, stimulate muscles, relaxing, or even reduce inflammation. Okay, what I wanna know <laughs> is because you have such an impressive background, what is the most unusual animal you performed acupuncture on? I'm glad you asked that. I always like to talk about this because um, the unique patient that I ever had is a kangaroo. Um, so I treat a kangaroo with a um, weakness or having trouble walking. Um, the kangaroo come in just uh, is malnourished because of improper feeding, uh, develop a lot of muscle weakness. And what I do use acupuncture is help to like improve the nervous systems, help to uh, strengthen the muscles so that we're able to help the kangaroo get back and walking again. Wow, a kangaroo, that's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. Hey, for pets, how does acupuncture work? So the way that I look at it is in two ways. So one, it's from the um, Chinese philosophy. So you probably hear about like energy flow, which is qi flow or yin yang. So yin yang is the two different aspects that uh, balance the body. So in ancient time, because they don't have any technology, so they use a, a unique way to explain how disease work or how to treat the disease. So they come up with talking about qi and yin yang, and that's how they use acupuncture to stimulate the acupuncture points and help to improve the energy flow and also help to balance the yin yang to speed up the healing process of the body. Uh, but from the Western perspective, which is more scientific way, now that we know that when you insert needles into the acupuncture point, you're actually stimulating the nervous system. So the nervous system gonna send a signal to the body, to the brain, 
uh, and then it helps to release all kinds of chemicals. Those chemicals can help for pain, reduce inflammation, can help to stimulate nerve. Uh, so that's how that we utilize the technique to speed up the healing process in the body. Well, that was kind of my next question. What pet conditions or ailments can it be used for? Um, it's actually a lot. Um, acupuncture can be used for a, a wide variety of uh, conditions. My top three pick would be pain. So any kind of pain. It could be a arthritis, could be back pain, could be a nerve pain, or even stomach pain or abdominal pain. Acupuncture works very well. Um, the second condition that I always recommend acupuncture is nervous system problems. Like dogs having trouble getting up, they're weak, they're paralyzed, uh, even seizures. I have seen dogs respond very well um, in uh, cases of seizures. And the third condition I usually use is um, digestion issues, like vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, not eating, um, inflammation within the uh, gastrointestinal tract. Uh, that would be something that acupuncture would help as well. Um, and other conditions, I use it for like skin problems. I use for cancer as a um, healthy care. Um, I even use that for patients with behavioral problems because acupuncture actually helps to calm them down and make them a little bit more mellow and easygoing. I like acupuncture. I've had it done many <laughs> times. <laughs> so I can only think if it's good for me, it must be good for my pet, right? I have to tell you, the, you remember I practiced in Guam? Yeah. And a couple of doors down from me was an acupuncturist. Uh-huh. And when I had a real problem with, with a pet that I couldn't resolve, uh huh. I sent him down there. <laughs> oh, you never told me that. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking to Dr. Ronald Coe. Uh, the University of California at Davis about acupuncture for pets. You had a question, Dr. Fleck. Yeah, how, how can acupuncture help pets? Well, it calms them down, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I would say that, um, especially for chronic conditions, we know that medicine is very benefit for acute conditions. But a lot of time that when it comes to chronic diseases, like chronic pain, um, like chronic weakness, uh, even cancer or chronic uh, digestion issues. That's the one that sometimes Western medicine have some uh, difficulty managing. And I would say that go for it to get acupuncture and try it. Uh, it might not work for every patient, but sometimes you'd be surprised and amazed at how acupuncture would be really helpful to improve the quality of life um, for those patients with chronic diseases. What about anxiety and separation anxiety? Yeah, I use that as well because one thing that you would notice is um, acupuncture would provide calming effect pretty much right away. Uh, when I have a patient coming in, I put needles in. We have one point that we put on top of the head. We call it a calming point. We basically help to calm them down right away before we put other needles in other acupuncture points. So for anxiety, they might need more frequent sessions in order to have the best result. Um, but once the result kicks in, sometimes that dogs, they can do pretty well uh, for a long time without acupuncture. So maybe uh, maybe our, our patients could go into your office on July 4th in the morning, 
so that maybe they wouldn't <laughs> suffer from it. That's okay. like a dream, Dr. <laughs> Fleck. I do have clients come to see me um, for acupuncture right before a stressful event, which, which, which include July 4th. They will wow. come to see me a week or two weeks prior just so that I can calm them down with acupuncture. And you'll be surprised that sometimes that client told me that it really helped. Of course, you have to combine with other treatment as well, um, other um, modality or medicine to help it. But owner, though, they, they did notice that uh, adding acupuncture, actually that is something could help them to get through the anxiety or stressful events uh, easier. Well, we need to take a commercial break. Dr. Ko, can you join us for another segment? Sure, absolutely. Great. More of Dr. Ko in our discussion about acupuncture when we return. Also, Celebrity Pet Buzz are up next. Hey, I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and I know you love your dog and you want to treat him well, but with so many treats in the pet marketplace, how do you choose? I look for treats with natural ingredients, not artificial ones or preservatives, and that's why I feed my dogs Hunter's Healthy Treats. You can choose pumpkin, sweet potato, or peanut butter heart-shaped treats. Not only are they good for your dogs, but your dogs will love the taste too. For healthier treats and happier dogs, choose Hunter's Healthy Treats. Hunter's Healthy Treats is a proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Visit Hunter'sHealthyTreats.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and and country. country. We're back with Dr. Ronald Coe, the Service Chief, Integrative Medicine, Service Department of Medicine and Epidemiology at the University of California at Davis. (laughs) We're continuing our discussion about acupuncture for pets. You had a question, Dr. Fleck. Is acupuncture stressful for the pet? Yeah, usually that when the first um, when the pet first came here, they kind of get a nervous, just like they go to um, any clinic and hospital. They always got a little bit anxious. Um, but usually, um, we have we usually set up a very nice place for them to lie on, not just a treatment table. We actually have a, a lot of padding bed uh, so that the dog the dog can lie on the bed, and then I usually perform some acupressure just to calm them down. And I then I'll put some needles in. Uh, and uh, like I say uh, before, acupuncture uh, have a immediate calming effect. So when you put it, after you put in those in within a few minutes, a lot of dogs, they do calm down. And after they calm down, they even will fall asleep. So I would say 80% of my patients during the acupuncture treatment, they pretty much lie down and even uh, fall asleep. Now, are the lights dimmed? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And sometimes that I would play some music mm-hmm. and I would also um, kind of dim down the light and so that they can get the best results. One thing I do notice that if the dog calm down completely during acupuncture sessions, they actually get more benefit. 
Okay. So it's relaxing, not stressful, Dr. Fleck. Yeah. Okay. So how often should the pet see an acupuncturist and how long is each session? Um, it really depends on um, what's the conditions. If it is acute condition, sometimes one treatment uh, once a week uh, for two treatments, they'll be done. They'll be get back to normal. If it is a chronic condition or a very, very severe pain, for example, I usually recommend once a week uh, for three to five sessions. And if the effect kicks in, if the dog doing well, then I will lengthen the session to every two weeks, uh, every month, every three months. So I will slowly spread up the session so that I could monitor the patient and make sure that they're not uh, going downhill or they, the pain doesn't flare up that quick. Uh, so each session take about, um, the treatment itself take about 20, 30 minutes, but usually we need to spend 10 minutes to assess the patient. Um, and so I would usually tell the owner that it lasts for about 40 up to an hour for the entire session. So with everyone watching dollars and cents, we need to know is pet acupuncture expensive? Um, it could be expensive. It depends on um, which city um, the pet owner is in. I would say it's ranged from $100 up to $150. Um, the reason why it costs more than a human acupuncture, mostly because um, we spend more time with the patient. Uh, usually we, we need to have a technician to stay with the dogs for the entire treatment. Um, and I'll be the one putting needles in. It takes me about like 10 minutes and I, I have my technician sit down with the dogs for like 20 up to 30 minutes. So um, the pet owner probably would, would notice that it usually be more expensive than human acupuncture, mostly because we utilize more uh, manpower. Uh, but Luckily, nowadays, uh, many insurance, they cover acupuncture. So that's the good news. So I will usually encourage the owner to ask the insurance company to make sure that um, the company, uh, the insurance covered acupuncture. So which would be great because the owner doesn't have to worry about that. You know, the other thing too is it depends on, as Dr. Ko said, it depends on what exactly is wrong with the pet. I mean, if you're having, if your pet has cancer, you're a golden retriever and your pet has cancer, maybe you'll be having those treatments for an indefinite period of time. But if it's like something that you're maybe surgery that you're recovering from with some excess pain, maybe three or four sessions. So I think it really, it depends. I mean, I know from my experience, acupuncture was very helpful. Uh, it's relaxing. It, it's, it makes me feel much better in my daily life. But I, th I like that question. I'm glad that you brought it up because, you know, you're right. People are watching their dollars and cents. <laughs> um, so does a pet owner need a referral for treatment or where can a pet owner find an acupuncturist? In general, we usually don't need referral from acupuncture, uh, although we do prefer that because um, we need to know what exactly going on with the patient. A lot of patients come to see me, they already have diagnosis, like they have arthritis, they have a back pain, so that I know what's going on with the pets, so that as a veterinary acupuncturist, and I know what to treat them. Uh, 
If the patient doesn't, if the client doesn't have a referral, I still need to do a full exam and just figure out what's really going on with the patient um, and go from there. So yeah, my service, we do require referral, but I know that other clinics, uh, they could see the patient uh, right away, depends on what problem they have. Um, the, the, the other thing is that I do encourage owner, when they talk to the vet, they can uh, bring up that they are interested in acupuncture because a lot of veterinarians so far, they still don't know much about acupuncture and how acupuncture could help. So if the owner, they know some acupuncture benefit, they could ask the veterinarian say, hey, I think acupuncture might benefit my pets. Could you refer an acupuncturist for my pet? Uh, most of the time, they would be happy to do that. Uh, um, the one website that I uh, highly recommend to um, look into about acupuncture information or uh, acupuncturist is uh, the, uh, the association that called World Association of Traditional Chinese Veterinary Medicine or WATCVM. Uh, that would be the website that you could find more information about acupuncture, but also there's a, um, there's a link that you could find acupuncture uh, around your area. You know, before I let you go, I've got one intriguing question to ask you. You know, most, most veterinarians, when they're treating either with vaccines or medicine that they give by injection, will give that injection in the nap of the neck. Um, and then many times the pet owner will indicate that the pet maybe was tired or had some sort of a reaction. We usually think that the reaction is maybe to the medication or the vaccine or so that was administered. Is it possible that that could be an acupuncture response? Uh, yes, I'm glad you asked this because there's one thing that I always would um, let the owner know after the acupuncture is that uh, their pet's gonna get tired uh, for 24 hours up to 48 hours. The main reason is because that acupuncture is so relaxing. So <laughs> once they get home, they just want to go to bed and sleep. Just like when you get acupuncture, you will feel so relaxing and you're just so tired. Um, the other reason is because we stimulate the body to release a lot of opioids. Um, that opioids actually have calming effect and also relaxing as well. So one thing owner, owner gonna notice is that the dog gonna be a little bit more tired and sleepy, which is okay. So sleeping is always good, right? Because sleeping is healing. So they, if they sleep, eight hours, 10 hours, like straight, they're actually gonna get more benefit. Once they get, wake up, they actually have more energy. Uh, so, and the other side effects sometimes we will see is that um, the, um, after acupuncture, sometimes they might have some soreness. That soreness usually because of the local area where we put the needles, uh, but that will usually go away within a few minutes or a few hours. We usually don't worry about that. Um, we just tell the owner that if the dog seems tired or sore, just let the dog rest for a few hours, up to a day or two, and they usually will recover after that. Dr. Cole, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you give us or share your website with our listeners? The website that can look for information or, uh, would be uh, the one that I mentioned, the WATCVM, or you can just simply type UC Davis 
Veterinary Medical Teaching Hospital Integrative Medicine Service. So you can see uh, what our service provides, and actually you can also find information about acupuncture and other treatment that we offer for our service. Yeah, I'll put the specific uh, web address up on the site. So if you want to visit, if our listening audience wants to visit that website, or you actually want to go back to that website, Dr. Fleck, I'll make it easy for you. Fascinating. Well, yeah, this was definitely a fascinating uh, discussion about acupuncture for pets. And just to remind you all, that was Dr. Ronald Coe, the Service Chief, Integrated Medicine Service Department of Medicine and Epidemiology at the University of California at Davis. Up next, Global Pet News. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. Two women who run Friends of Pets, a dog walking and pet sitting service in Brecon, Wales, picked up, get this, 80 piles of dog poo in just 90 minutes. I know that's so disgusting. Well, the dog poop busting duo didn't even get halfway around their planned route due to the scale of the problem in which they described there was all this poop in this concentrated area. The women also noted that doing this just highlights, meaning picking up all this poo, dog poo, that there's definitely a problem in Brecon and that it's just a way to educate dog owners on what they're supposed to be doing, which is scooping up the, their dog's poop. Well, one of these women, said the area in which they cleaned up the streets is around the town's or is around the town's promenade and this is a place where children play and people have picnics and additionally it's a very popular tourist hotspot well they agreed it doesn't create the best impression for people who are visiting the town if there's so much poop around the streets well furthermore failing to clean up after one's dog is a top issue that is regularly brought up about Brecon. Brecon, believe it or not, has a very small population. In 2021 and 2022, the population was less than 8,000. So 8,000 people, I mean, how many dog owners are there in this town? And I guess nobody is picking up their poop. So. All I can say is this, and this is a message for Prince Charles. You know, you are the Prince of Wales and a self-proclaimed environmentalist for 50 plus years. So now this is something you need to get on now. And actually it kind of reminds me of a story Doc Fleck and I covered a few weeks ago about foxes eating dog poop in the pine forest of the Scottish Highlands. Everybody knows, or they should know, that dog poop is not fertilizer. It's not great for the environment. It gets washed down and a lot of water is recycled. It can cause sickness and disease in pets and people. So I just have one question for you, UK. Is England getting really poopy? What's going on over there? News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good.
You know, I love the tell me something good part of the show. I'm always sad when it's time to go because I really like talking about dog stuff and cat stuff, just animal stuff in general. Um, but I found this tell me something good. and I just really wanted to share it with you. Well, a dog who was left without the use of her hind legs has been melting hearts after this paralyzed pooch was shown teaching her owner's baby had a crawl. So imagine the dog is teaching the baby how to crawl. The dog's name is Kalua. She broke her spine and hip after falling three stories from a balcony while in the care of her previous owner. I guess they never heard of chicken wire. After several months of recovery and some time spent with a foster family, she really bounced back. Her personality came back and she found a forever home with her current human companions. And that home includes a toddler by the name of Caleb, who Kalua, the paralyzed dog on TikTok, has been teaching this tot how to move around the house. Obviously, she's restricted to the use of her two front paws, but Kalua has not let her disability hold her back, and she has a unique style of skipping. You know, that's her way of getting around the house, you know? So when outdoors, in the meantime, she uses a special dog adapted wheelchair her efforts around the house have evidently inspired caleb the the tot the tiny tot within this video by showing the youngster imitating kalua's movement and in the process learning how to crawl so we posted the video on social media you gotta see it it's totally inspirational and that is something really good well, you know, it's always too soon to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're talking about training your dog to become at the vet and genetic disease pet testing. But before we go, I want to give thanks to our guests. That's Alyssa Warmer and Dr. Ronald Coy. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And of course, Hunter's Healthy Treats. They're yummy and they're soft-baked dog treats that are good for your dog and that he's also going to love the taste. So if you have a question, write to us at team at the pet buzz dot com and we'll answer it we'll cover it on next week's show and if you've missed any portion of this show visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the linked podcast on monday morning but remember and this is most important we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets so peace out and pet love goodbye thank you for listening to this episode of the pet buzz the Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.